everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Remnant Godcast. I have an amazing guest that I've been trying to get on the show for a while, and I think schedules are always difficult, especially when you're on demand, like Malcolm McGaw is. And so we finally got a hold of him. Malcolm, welcome to the show. Hey, Todd. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Malcolm is somebody who's a former director from the Trump campaign. He was also the operational lead for the state of California. He's a speaker. He has a huge heart for our Constitution. And if you can tell by his accent, he's actually not from the United States. Where do you hail from, Malcolm? Uh, just south of the border, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, south called Australia. Let, 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 me, let me say to your, your listeners, um, g'day. There yeah, you go. <laughs> there you go. Yep. And I, I picked up the term mate, I think, from you, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, so many other people have. <laughs> so, Malcolm, thank you so much for taking the time today. You're probably going to another another speech somewhere, right? Where are you headed? I'm actually uh, going up to Weed. Uh, I've got a company out of Tennessee that wants to bring me on as their uh, director of development for uh, historical uh, places, and Weed is one historic place up in uh, the northernmost county. Interesting. I, I don't even know how to say the county's name. It's secure or something like that. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm heading up there to meet with the construction uh, group and also the um, the principal partner of uh, Twin Hawks out of Tennessee. Very good. Well, we'll we'll be praying for that meeting. I want to talk to you today. There's a lot of things going on in our news cycle, and you are always so good at pointing things out. You've been standing for truth and the Constitution. That's one of the you know large things that you do. It's a passion of yours. You go speak to different groups all over the country, all over the state. Uh, you know, what do you feel is going on currently when you look at the political environment? You know, President Trump just got exonerated basically from the the Mueller report after two years, about thirty million dollars. Uh, you were active in the campaign. How do you feel about that? What do you feel right now at the current political environment of our nation? I, I think we're at a uh, crossroads in uh, American history, to tell you the truth. Yes. Um, I, I, I speak about this on my, uh, on my uh, engagements. I speak about America's Godly Heritage and the Founding Fathers and you know, a whole range of subjects. But I talk about what's happened this last 70 years. Now, you might recall I spoke to you once about the seven men who rule from the grave. Yes. So, Wellhausen, Kierkegaard, uh, Kierkegaard, I should say, uh, Keynes, Dewey, uh, Freud, uh, Darwin, and also Karl Marx. Right. Well, they, they, the person that they most strongly influenced and, and still leads from the grave, again, is Saul Galinsky. Mm. And, and I think the, uh, the liberal progressive left uh, realize they're in trouble, and uh, it's if we can put it into a spiritual sense, I think uh, Satan is cornered and they, they're striking out. Yeah. Um, and and it, it goes back to 1947 when uh, they tried to convince the American people that there was always meant to be a separation of church and state from the uh, from the founding fathers. Well, right. nothing could be fur- nothing could be further from the truth. Right. I mean, the founding fathers, John Adams, said this in 1798: our constitutional republic cannot uh, survive without a moral and religious foundation. Hmm. And they were talking about a Judeo-Christian foundation in every aspect of this new uh, colony's life, including family, church, and also um, um, uh, government. Right, right, exactly. So how far have we, have we you know, left that now? I mean, where, where we're currently at as a country, are we totally off course? Well, I, I, I don't think you're, you were off course. Right. But I don't think you are now, and that's because of uh, Donald Trump. Yes. I mean, let's let's face it. He's 
be the one person that could bring this country away from the spiritual fiscal cliff. And we were we were right there. And if Hillary had uh, won the election, um, we would have gone over that cliff, and uh, we would have been controlled forever by globalists. Yes, yes. Do you still feel, Malcolm, that a lot of people are asleep right now, or do you feel like more people are waking up? I think a lot of people are waking up, and, and I, I talk about this when I speak. I mean, during the last election, you know, the, the demographics of the voting bloc in the last election was pretty different to the voting bloc in the previous uh, presidential elections. Yeah. And, and what I mean, what I mean by that is that the. the there's, no, there's 100, sorry, 242 or, or thereabouts eligible voters in this country. Hmm. And you've got 108 million that don't normally participate. So about 132, 67, 65 million is usually the, uh, the mix. Right. And, but this time, a lot of the normal people that normally vote didn't vote. And a lot of the 108 million that don't normally vote did vote. They yeah. were waking up every day and saying, what the heck happened to my country? Wow. When did we decide? When did we we decide that there should be a separation of church and state? Well, the bottom line is the American people didn't decide that. That was five men on the U.S. Supreme Court. Yes. Uh, and there was a whole host of things that were going on during this last election. Like, when did we decide that we would shut up pastors from the pulpit? Mm. And, and that became evident when Trump at the convention said, "I'm going to give the pastors their their, their voices back." Yeah. And he has, to an extent, uh, I'd like to see it uh, become legislated, that, because in 1954, in the Johnson Amendment, they gave 501c3 status to the churches. Right. Uh, and, of course, that immediately meant that they were getting tax-free money. Therefore, the pastors could no longer speak about politics, which is part of the 501c3 right. um, uh, rules. Right. So uh, uh, I say that the pastors sold their souls mm. for 30 pieces of silver, uh, in 1954, wow. but all of these things that I've mentioned many on many occasions, like the, um, the uh, prayer out of school in 1963 and the religious instruction out of school in 1963, uh, th- these 108 million Americans are waking up and saying, when, "When did we decide that?" Right. Well, again, you you didn't. Uh, I mean, it, it it became a fact because, uh, that uh, schools could no longer have religious instruction or prayer in their schools because of their are receiving a federal federal um, income right. or federal funding. Right. And, these, and I can go further. I mean, these 108 million Americans were waking up and saying, when did we decide it was okay to kill 59 million babies mm. in the womb? Mm. Well, mm. well, we didn't. We didn't. That was another SCOTUS ruling. Yes. So, yes. so the people have been disenfranchised, in my view. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you're out here in the state of California uh, where, you know, some people are saying it's like the uh, the prime example of what they would like to do to the nation. Um, you know, how, how do you feel about politics out here in California? I mean, what are you seeing out here? Well, I mean, I, I, I like most people uh, on the conservative side, were shattered at the um, 2018 midterms. Mm. Uh, and, uh, but, but, Again, I don't think the California people uh, have experienced enough uh, increases in tax, <laughs> enough uh, of, of anything that the government wants to put on them. Wow. Uh, but, it's co- but it's coming. Yes. I mean, yeah. You, so, wake up, you wake up one morning and you'll find there's going to be a, a mileage tax yeah. on, uh, on your uh, uh, vehicle. 
Yeah, yes. you have to declare what your vehicle was at the start of that, beginning of the tax year, and at the end, and you will be taxed on that. Oh. Um, why, is, why is that so? Because when they declared that we were going to have electric cars um, and we were going to subsidise those electric cars, um, they, they forgot that they would be losing fuel tax right. on those electric cars. Right. So, um, yeah, then you've got the water tax coming down now, and you've also got the religious freedom mm. uh, uh, bill coming. This state is going uh, nowhere fast. Wow. And a lot of people and a lot of businesses are leaving the state, so then they have to you know, make up for that lost revenue, which is more taxes. It's, it seems like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think personally that it's a power grab. I mean, I don't think they care about the businesses leaving the state, to tell you the truth. Wow. Um, uh, I, I think they, they really do want the middle class out of the way so that they can control um, the masses. Wow. And of course, that's why they, in my view, that's why they are, are very keen to have uh, uh, illegal aliens, right. and they're not immigrants, they're illegal aliens yes. Uh, voting. Yes, and, and, and you, you know, uh, you understand strategy politically. In fact, uh, people pay you to, to analyze, you know, different races and whatnot. So this would be the, a really good question for you. But, you know, I, I look at people that are leaving the state of California. These are liberal people that are leaving and going to places like Texas. And I get concerned because I think, you know, what if enough people were to leave and go to some of these red states that they could actually flip the vote? You think that's possible? Say that question again, Todd. I'm sorry. No, no problem. Uh, so basically, what we're saying is, is that you know a lot of people are leaving the state of California and they're going to red states like Texas and uh, you know other states that have always been you know in the in the Republican side, you know, as far as electoral electoral college. So how is that? You know, is that going to affect things when when too many people leave and they start going to Texas? Could that flip blue because we start to see some some variances there? Well, I, I actually uh, think. Uh um, there's, a, there's a number of factors. I'll, I'll just answer the, the question you posed first. Um, liberals and conservatives are leaving this state. Right. And what I say, what I say to people is, um, especially when I'm speaking in groups, I say the last time I checked, uh, bad policy, bad regulation and voter fraud doesn't stop at the border. Yeah. So stay here and fight with uh, those that uh, want this state to come back to being the leader here in this country again. Right. But to your point, I think there's six things that are going to happen, or six reasons why um, this this state, Connecticut, and all those states that you think might be turning blue because of the exodus of liberals from this state, uh, I think there's six things that are going to stop these states going blue. In fact, I, I, I predict that uh, Donald Trump will win in a landslide in 2020 because of these six reasons. Wow, okay. Let's hear them. Uh, the, first one, the first one is the black American vote. Yeah. Yeah. In the Uh-oh. Uh, 16. I think it was about 6.5% of black Americans voted for Trump. Right. On, on some polling uh, places, it's now at 35%. Wow. Wow, that's on huge. Not, yeah, it is. Uh, so we talk about blacks in there, blacks exiting from the Democrat Party. Right. Then, you, then you've got the Latinos exiting. Uh, and I'll give a reason why they will be exiting uh, shortly. But, but during the election, it was about 35% Latino support for Trump. Well, it's now at about 50 to 51%. Wow, that's huge too. My goodness. Yeah, yes, it is. Then, then you've got Jexit, uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, Jews exiting for Trump. Because right. of what Trump has done for the Jewish 
for the Israeli uh, people. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, you, you're not going to get the liberal progressive Jews. With right. Yeah, enough white people anyway. Like the Hollywood crowd, yeah. Yeah, you're you're going to get a whole host of uh, people that realize that Trump is there to help their country. And so uh, the last figure I looked at it, um, prior to Trump becoming president, about one in 11 Jews um, voted for conservative. It's now now about one in six. Wow. So that's significant as well. Yeah. So that's that's a third reason. The fourth reason is no matter what Bernie or AOC or Camilla uh, Harris or Joe Biden says about you know, socialism, Americans will not accept socialism. Full stop. Yeah. They're not that stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the fifth reason is um, I, I think, and this this is going to affect the Black American vote and the Latino vote. Um, third trimester abortion. Hmm. Sick. These families, Latinos and Blacks, are traditionally uh, very um, against uh, abortion. Right, right. And, and I, I think this this just evil that the Democrats are pushing on third trimester and even infanticide in some cases where the abortion went wrong and the baby was born alive. Right. Um, that, that the American people are going to turn on that. Yes. Um, yes. I'll turn on that on a dime. But the, the, the big thing I think that's going to support that is the movie Unplanned, which is yes. just killing it. And uh, the re- that's, that's why the it was rated R, mm-hmm. and that's why it was the um, liberal progressive media banned it from being advertised yeah. because they know it's going to have an impact. Oh, yeah. And we had several of the stars, the actresses on the program and just amazing. I mean, to hear their story, the story of the movie, um, you know, just completely honor everything they're doing. Uh, Also, the Gosnell movie, which I heard the Trump. Yeah, I I heard President Trump actually had some of his staff watch that film, uh, you know, like a screening at the White House. Did you hear about that? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, just amazing, you know. So, uh, so welcome. You you worked with the president. I mean, you know him to some extent. You know, uh, I mean, is he racist? Is that true? <laughs> I I, I uh, talked to the president. Uh, I've had a debate with him. I've uh, <laughs> spoken to. I, I first met him in New Hampshire, then again in um, South Carolina, where I was. I was actually volunteering before I was brought on staff. Right. Um, but uh, you know. He's one of the most compassionate people I've ever met. Yes. Yeah, yes. And, and full of bravado as, as people with his uh, personality traits uh, uh, tends to be. They, they tend to boast. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. I, I don't care. Right. He's getting the job done. And, and you just look at the, um, the number of people uh, where he's visited them in, in hospital. Right. Where, you talk, talk about the... Um, the uh, uh, the um, incarceration of uh, uh, black Americans, and right. you know, he introduced that new law to, uh, and it was bipartisan, which was yeah. fantastic, yeah. Uh, to to uh, kind of prevent young black Americans from being incarcerated and getting on a merry-go-round and, and spending their whole life in and out of jail. Right. I mean, that that shows compassion. You look at the part. Look, look at the pardons he's been giving. Yes. Uh, they, they are they are political pardons. They are compassionate pardons on people that have been um, 
badly treated right. or uh, uh, incarcerated for, for um, incorrect Wrong uh, reasons. Rulings. Yeah. We just had that uh, army ranger that uh, had killed somebody yep. from Al-Qaeda, and then yep. for some reason under the Obama administration, he was put in jail. What's all, what, how does that even happen? I mean, here's a... Uh, uh, <laughs> because um, the liberals don't like the idea of us killing the enemy. Oh, uh, I guess and, so. And, 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 and I've got, remember the, uh, under the Obama administration how, how hogtied the yes. military commanders were? were. Yes, and I the do. reason they are hogtied in their decision making or in conducting their operations is because of the rules of engagement That's correct. that were put in place. Yes. Now, those rules, the bottom line is this war has consequences, yes. war has collateral damage. Yes. And and the, the more um, rules of engagement that you put in place, the longer those rules are going to uh, be conducted. Yes. Uh, and that's why we've got, you know, we've been in Afghanistan for right. when, when did we, 90, 20 years. That's why we yeah. were in Iraq for so, so long, because of the rules of engagement. Right. Um, and, and we've just got to admit that uh, Trump now is a commander in chief. Yeah. Is no long, longer commanding. A section of ten men from the White House. Mm, that's right. He's giving, he's giving his commanders a mission and the, the resources, and allowing the commanders to argue whether they've got enough resources. But ultimately, the decision is made, and they, the commanders get on with the, with the job and, and undertake the mission. Yes. And generally speaking, they are achieving the aim. And and you're a former military man yourself, so you understand that rules of engagement, how important that is, right? Absolutely, and the rules of engagement just cause all sorts of problems on the battlefield, and and it causes commanders to second guess every uh, decision they make in the battlefield. Yes. Now, President Trump yesterday uh, was in the Panhandle, um, you know, in the in the area that was hit by the hurricane recently, uh, Panama City, and uh, he spoke at the rally. And every rally, first of all, we see you know such large crowds that I've never seen in my lifetime with any other politician. I mean, nothing even close. I can't even think of anything I've ever seen in my lifetime anywhere in our, in the world like President. And the bottom, Trump. The, the bottom line is, you're twice as old, uh, twice as young as I am, and these are. <laughs> so it's clearly a movement, and I think there's far more people that support the president than the media obviously wants to let on to. Uh, that being said, at every one of these rallies, Malcolm, people are saying, lock her up when, when Hillary Clinton is brought up. They, they want to see something, you know, justice served when it comes to the Obama administration, Hillary Clinton, you know, uh, all these, I mean, I can just go on and on, Loretta Lynch, Comey, um, you know, on and on and on. Are we going to see that, do you think? I mean, are we going to see indictments? Are we going to see people? I, 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 I believe after the, uh, the, um, the, um, not the AG, the uh, Inspector General's report comes out in, you know, yeah, yeah. Could be any, could be any time. I think you're going to see, um, uh, indictments from that. I think, uh, just, um, today I heard on, um, Sean Hannity, they were talking about the FBI knowing. Yes. And it was written in a, a memo from one of their underlings right. uh, to the hierarchy that Steele, the Steele dossier was uh, not valid 11 days before the, the, the uh, Pfizer warrants were, were um, requested. That's big time. That is big time. 
Yes. I mean, there, there's so many abuses here. I mean, he was even talking about John Kerry and the Logan Act. You know, why don't they prosecute? I think that's the biggest frustration on the on the conservative side. We just, you know, it seems like the left are much more, you know, uh, fighters. I mean, why don't why don't we push back? And I think that's what if I hear anything across the gamut from people that are frustrated, it's that they say, look, you know, these people are criminals. They've committed treason. They've committed acts that are clearly definable as breaking the law of the land. Yep. And I think people want to see prosecution. And I think if anything that, you know, the people want President Trump to do it. Is, you know, we want to see some action in that area, don't you agree? Absolutely. But one of the reasons you don't get action from the Republicans is because they tend to be controlled by uh, those that are in the same boat as liberal progressives. Wow. They just have a different name. Wow. And uh, I, I think that's why... Um, uh, There's been resistance. Uh, uh, that's, that's why Cohen and, uh, and, um, and Nadler are going after Barr so uh, so hard yeah. because because Barr represents somebody that they can't control. Yeah. And and they want to discredit him before the IG's report comes out so that if people are indicted that they can say, Oh, he was only in the tank for Trump. But ah. that's not gonna work that's not gonna work this time. The yeah. American people are wise to that. Yes. And um, there's there's too many um, avenues for them to get truth in media rather than just off the uh, mainstream media. Absolutely. That's been the rise of the alternative media. We're seeing censorship. I know that you had talked about one of your friends being censored. I've dealt with some censorship. Uh, you know, people that have much larger followings like Laura Loomer and Paul Joseph Watson, Alex Jones, on and on and on are being censored. And I know that Devin Nunez is fighting this battle. I know that others are. Uh, what, what do you think on that front, Malcolm? I mean, is there any hope into pushing back against the censorship? You know, uh, this is a really, really dangerous uh, place we are in because, on the one hand, we know that this, this, these um, um, social media outlets are, are censoring free speech. Yes. On the other hand, if we push back and put rules of uh, rules of engagement, if you like, <laughs> into place, yeah. uh, that's a that's a, a, a short. Uh, way away from censoring media, sure. and, I, and so it's a really dangerous point uh, position to be in. I, I, I think we've just got to continue. I, I don't like the idea of closing down these uh, these outfits. However, the, the Marshall Act. Mm -hmm. oh, no, 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 the Is it Sherman Marshall Act? Where yes. if a um, a company or an organisation controls more than 60% or 70% of a product, mm -hmm. wasn't there an act put in place to, yeah, to allow... It's a monopoly. It, yeah, so they, they are monopolies. So if, if, if we had some bold people in, in Congress, uh, we could possibly go down that pathway. Yeah. I, I just can't remember for the moment what it's called, but uh, yeah, they are a monopoly. And Monopolies that act was put in place to stop companies being monopolies and and uh, controlling the market. That's why that, that's why um, uh, several uh, major um, product uh, companies were um, 
we're, we're, we're uh, broke up. I think. Um, right. Right. Stan- Microsoft, Microsoft is a classic example. Yeah, Standard Oil, I think. I mean, go back to the, the days of the uh, original oil boom. I mean, there was people that yeah. were monopolies in the energy sector, and that's why some of these laws were, you know, put into place way back then. And so yeah. I, I think that with, uh, you know, social media and, you know, kind of the new frontier of the Internet and whatnot that's still fairly new, even though it's been around 20-plus years now, uh, you know, I think we're going to have to start looking at some of these things like a, one person like Mark Zuckerberg or somebody like that can literally control elections worldwide, censor people who he doesn't like. I mean, that you know, so people are telling me I've spoke to some legal representation. They say they're looking at it as maybe, you know, as a utility or, you know, more like a public, uh, you know, uh, utility that, that, you know, people have the right in order to like, you know, in other words, to get power, right? To get. Yeah, I, I, you know, I understand. And uh, I, I think um I, I truly think that uh, that Trump is going to win back the House, in, yes. uh, and I think after the next election, when he wins in the landslide, <laughs> a lot of these things are going to be put in place because uh, um, we can't afford to have our election controlled by an individual right. who happens to have a particular um, globalist point of view. Yes, yes. So, listen, Malcolm, I don't want to take too much of your time here, but before we close, I mean, is there anything else on your heart that you'd like to share with the audience today? No, not, not in particular. Okay. Well, we, we, we've covered a lot of things. Yes, we have. Uh, Malcolm, I appreciate you, man. How can people support you? How can people find you? Are you on social media? Where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me on Facebook, um, and uh, they can follow me on Facebook. I haven't, I, they can buy my book when it comes out. Yes, yes. I, I've, I've just finished my book, uh, um, and uh, I'm looking for avenues to... Um, um, Speaking uh, engagements and yeah, publish. Public, yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got two. I've got two books. Uh, one book is finished, and the other book is uh, uh, in the in the mix. The first book is called Forty Days and Forty Nights, mm. and Ozzy is a guest of the governor. Mm. Um, and the second one is God's Infinite Mercies. Wow. So look for those. Look for those coming out. Uh, um, hopefully, in the next uh, two or three months. Absolutely. And you know, you always have a, a free open door here, man. And we will promote the heck out of your books because I know who you are. You're a sincere, honest man of God, man of integrity. You've basically been like a missionary sent to the United States. And I know your heart for our country. We appreciate you, Malcolm. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. Hey, Todd, uh, my pleasure. And uh, you want to talk to me about anything? What? I've always got an opinion. <laughs> Absolutely, and a good one at that. I think I agree about 99.99% of the time, man. I don't know if I've ever disagreed with anything he said. Thank you, Malcolm. <laughs> hey, listen, man, hold on one second, and we'll be right back with more Remnant News. <laughs> 